go. All right, everybody, welcome. Happy Monday. I hope y'all are excited to start with this next awesome chat with Powerfly and uh, our amazing guest speaker. Um, in case you're new here and don't or have, you know, haven't attended one of these in a while, hi, my name is Meg. I am part of Powerfly's virtual hosting team, and I'm super excited to be chatting today with Jessica Kurz from BTS. Um, before we get into all of that, I want to um, kind of go over some real quick housekeeping items. Um, hopefully these won't be too repetitive for people that are, are uh, you know, frequent flyers with us. Um, so please feel like, you know, we want all of our, our virtual events, especially now during quarantine, to really feel very participatory and interactive. So to that end, you are incredibly encouraged to participate. You can do that in a couple different ways. You can turn your cameras on and share your smiling maskless face uh, safely with the rest of us. Um, don't worry about being insta-perfect, messy buns, non-conventional workspaces, furry coworkers, all that's uh, highly encouraged. Um, you are more than, if you don't have video capability or even you just don't want to, not a problem. You can um, still come off mute to ask your question if you'd like. But if you do come off mute for any reason, you will show up on the video recording of this um, today's session. So if you have any kind of privacy concerns, that's not a problem. You can still participate. You just need to put your questions, comments. If we address one of your questions, you want to add context to it. All of that is welcome. You can throw it into the Zoom chat, or if you want to remain completely anonymous, that's great. You can just DM me, and I will raise your question and keep you anonymous. Um, like I said, today's session is being recorded. So everyone who registered for today's session, whether you stay for five minutes, stay for the full 60, or you registered knowing you probably couldn't make it today, um, hi, future viewers. You will all get an, a, an email in about one to two business days with a link to where you can rewatch this recording on our website. Now, if Jessica says something today that just like blows your mind, you have to tell, you know, your coworker or your friend or your own mother, um, absolutely, please feel free to, um, to share this chat with them. If you can't wait till that email comes through, no worries. You can head over to our, um, our YouTube channel. We are at Power to Fly on YouTube. And you can um, check out the, the recording there, usually within about five to 15 minutes of the end of today's session. Um, let's see what else. Uh, right in the chat. Oh, you can also keep up with us on our various social media channels. We are at Power to Fly on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, as, in addition to YouTube. And yeah, we'll just uh, take the rest as we go. So now I'm, ex I'm like super excited to introduce you to our speaker today. Um, Jessica Kurz is the Senior Director of Strategic Pro Projects at BTS, um, commercial real estate's leading leasing, marketing, and asset management platform. In her role at BTS, Jessica leads cross-functional projects such as M&A integrations, system implementations, and process improvements. Jessica has spent her career working for startups and early-stage companies, helping them scale quickly and efficiently. And when not working, she enjoys spending time with her husband, toddler son, and rescue mutt. So welcome, Jessica. Thank you so much. I'm excited for this. Me too. Um, so obviously Jessica is here as part of the VTS team. Um, so one thing I want to highlight for y'all, and I'll be sharing a link here in the chat in just a moment, is where you can um, head over to VTS's company page on powerfly.com. Now, when you go there, it's going to look much like what you see in front of you. Um, you can check out stuff like company info that'll give you a little bit more information on who VTS is, what their company culture is like, that kind of thing. You can also check out events. It'll show you events like today, um, but it'll also show you past events that BTS has participated in or future events that they're already booked with us for, like our virtual job fairs, our mini summits, that kind of stuff. Um, you can also check out the open roles. 
Um, I'm actually on their website live right now and I can see that they've got 63 open roles posted right uh, currently. Um, and we'll be talking about that a little bit more later. But in case you are interested in BTS, um, I highly recommend that you join their follow network. Now, the way you're gonna do that is by, when you go to this, um, this screen at the upper right-hand corner, there'll be a big pink follow button. Um, what you can do is click on that. It's gonna add you to BTS's follow network and it does two things for you. It basically works like your friend of the company. It tells BTS that you are very interested in working with them or working for them, even if you haven't submitted an application for anything. And it also informs you and updates you every time they post new roles. So it's a really great way to make sure that you stay up to date without having to, you know, kind of keep manually going back and checking stuff. Um, and it also kind of raises a flag for BTS that you are interested. So definitely take uh, take a look at that. And I highly recommend following BTS, um, even even if you're not maybe seeking employment right now, if you're not actively looking, it's still, if you're interested in the company, it's a great way to make sure that you, they stay on your radar and you stay on theirs. Um, all right, so before we jump into the questions today, I just want to reiterate or, you know, kind of re-highlight for people that maybe signed up for this a while ago, what we're going to be discussing today. So the principal themes for today's conversation, we're going to try and cover when and how to begin discussing your need for parental leave with your manager or with your company. Um, how to plan your leave, as well as how to plan a successful return, which I feel like the leave is sometimes maybe a little bit more covered than the return part is. Um, and then we're also going to talk a little bit about ideas for navigating some difficult scenarios that come up when you're talking about taking leave and adjusting back into work mode after you come back from parental leave. Um, so I feel like this is it's a lot to cover, but we're going to try. And part of the way we determined the themes for today's conversation was based on the questions that y'all submitted. So everybody um, that had, uh, you know, that submitted questions prior to today's uh, session, thank you so much. What we did was we gathered up all those questions and we tried to arrange them in a conversational format. Now, we might not get to all of them. So one thing I want to very much encourage you to do is if you are really excited to get your question answered, please, please, please feel free to either raise it in the chat, you can DM it to me, or you can come off mute and ask your question. If we go over one of your questions, and this is you know, one of the ones that we talk about is one that you had submitted, awesome. If you wanna add more context, or maybe if we're just not really understanding the way you had, had posed the question or the, the answer you were looking to find, please feel free to come off mute or um, put, it into the, you know, put any questions, comments, additional context into the group chat or DM to me um, individually, really whatever you feel uh, more, most comfortable with is what goes. Um, if you do wanna come off mute and ask a question or whatever, um, awesome, go ahead and do that. Just make sure that you are not interrupting Jessica or you know, try your best to not interrupt Jessica or any of our other um, attendees. I get paid to fill the silence, so please feel free to interrupt me. Um, and I think with that, we will get started this morning with our amazing questions. Um, so Jessica, to start us off, Let's talk a little bit about the, the kind of first general idea. What is the best way and even the best time to inform a potential or new employer of your pregnancy? This person wrote in saying, I'm nearing the end of my first trimester now and I'm interviewing for new positions. I'm confident that I don't want to say anything until after accepting an offer, but if I disclose the news soon after accepting an offer, will it appear as if I wasn't being honest? And I was really interested in this because I feel like this is something Granted, not the same idea, but I felt the same when I was getting married, where I was like, I didn't wear my ring to my, um, you know, to my interviews and stuff because I was a little bit worried about how they perceived me, but then also like kind of didn't want to like say, hey, here's what's going on. And I'm also going to need like two weeks off within the next like eight months. Um, so Jessica, let's tackle this first one first. What, how did you handle this? 
Yeah. So I was not interviewing during either of my pregnancies and just to set some context, I do have a son, um, who is almost two. So I took off my full leave with him about two years ago and I'm preparing for leave number two, which starts on Friday. I'm 38 weeks pregnant, (laughs) which you can't see luckily, but, uh, so this is my second go round. Um, and I told my employer very early with my son, um, I think it was only about eight weeks. Uh, I wasn't feeling well. Um, it was, we were going through a company reorg and I just felt like it was important to be really upfront as we were figuring out what my next steps were with my role, um, and kind of what was going on with the team. Um, and with this baby, it was kind of the opposite because nobody could see me or <laughs> know what was going on. Um, so I told them around 16 weeks. Um, so I don't think there's any perfect time or, um, you know, I think it's really just very personal. I'm, I tend to be someone who shares kind of early for the most part. Um, but I know a lot of people like to wait till they're 12 weeks or even longer. And given COVID, I think we all have a lot more (laughs) ability to, uh, to keep things to ourselves for longer, which is helpful in a lot of scenarios. Um, But to answer the specific question about interviewing, uh, my husband actually just started a new job last week. Um, And as I mentioned, we're expecting a baby any day. So (laughs) we just had to navigate that together. Um, And what I encouraged or very strongly encouraged him to do was um, have that discussion with them once he got an offer. Uh, I think, you know, some people may feel more comfortable starting the job and then discussing it. Uh, but for me, I felt strongly that uh, we needed to know how this company would treat him taking time off um, and how accepting they were of someone pretty senior in the organization having a young family and needing to go do daycare pickup sometimes. <laughs> you know, I think it's, it's really important for you to get that sense. Um, so my recommendation, and as with everything I say here, just a recommendation, but there's there's many ways of doing this. Um, but I think once you have the offer in hand, you know they like you, you like them, it's hopefully gonna go through um, and they can't legally take that offer back. So I think it's a great time to have that discussion and get a sense of um, you know how supportive they'll be. I think also logistically, a lot of companies, you don't get your full leave if you've not been there for a certain amount of time. So I would just recommend doing it once you have the uh, the offer. But I don't think there's any, there's no reason to not do it earlier or later, but that's kind of what I would recommend. I like the idea of kind of leaning first on whatever your comfortability level is. I think you're right. Um, I found this question really interesting because the person seems to be really worried that it's like you're not being honest. But when it really comes down to it, it's a very personal life choice. And if you want to get really cold and clinical about it, it's a medical choice. Like it, this is a medical condition that you're going through. And if you did, if you wouldn't feel comfortable, you know, talking to your, you know, your supervisor or your new potential new company about, you know, you having lupus or something like, then you're probably not going to feel real comfortable talking about having the fact that you're going to birth a child. And obviously this question really, really depends 
on, you know, your situation. Are you, are, you know, are you going to be the one absolutely birthing a child or in the, then all of the, you know, kind of health complications that can sometimes come with that? Or are you, you know, the partner of somebody who is going to actually like, you know, do the whole situation. And, you know, so are you looking to be more of that support? And then you're right. It really will tell you a lot about what the company culture is really like and how supportive they're going to be of you and your whole self and not just the you that comes to work. Exactly. Um, yeah, that's a good point. Um, okay, so um, one other thing I do wanna raise here is like, I'm gonna hold some space in a couple different places to make sure that in case you have a question or um, you know, you're just kinda like waiting for someone else to break the ice and be the first one to come off mute, please don't feel um, you know, uncomfortable about it or worry about it. Uh, we just wanna make sure that the time you spend with us is well worth it. So have questions for Jessica, please, please, please um, feel free to voice them. And one or thing to add to Meg, I think we talked about it before everyone joined, but um, if people have had experience with some of this stuff, because I haven't with that particular question, like please weigh in too. I think everyone kind of has their own perspective. So yeah, yeah absolutely. Thank you for raising that. Yeah. Um, and actually, now that you just said that, I'm kind of reminded of a, a, of a similar chat that we had a couple of years ago. It was before my time. Um, but they were talking about this woman talked about how she basically told the, the company ahead, like ahead of time, like as she was interviewing and what they ended up doing was, was restructuring like the, the, her start date so that when she was back, she'd be completely back. And that's when they would onboard her and do all this stuff, as opposed to like kind of coming in, getting your feet wet for a couple of months. And then just, you know, you're gone for, you know, however many weeks you're allowed. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. So let's talk about our next question here. This person said, I'm thinking of having a baby in the coming 12 months, but the very idea of maternity leave and not being at my job and organizing my PTO and other things gives me so much anxiety. I know that people do it every day, but at the same time, it's so hard to get insight from others about it. Did you ever feel like this? And if so, what, how did you handle it? A hundred percent. I think everyone feels this way. It feels, especially for Americans, like we typically don't ever take off more than a week. Um, so the idea of taking two, three, four plus months seems outrageous <laughs> and you don't even know where to begin. Um, so I would say, you know, know that almost everyone I know who's been through this has felt that anxiety. I'm doing it for the second time. I still feel anxious. Um, so there's definitely a lot of company there. Um, but I think you can do a lot to kind of pre-plan, make sure you kind of know, um, what you're going to do about delegating tasks, talk to your manager. Like, I think there's a lot you can do. And when it comes down to it, you know, you mentioned you're going to have a baby in the next year or so, like you do have a lot of time once you are pregnant to really prepare. Um, so I'd say try to not stress too much, but also know that it's totally normal. <laughs> And we all go through it. I can't imagine. I get the same feelings when I'm going on vacation for yeah. like a week. Like I, the, it's gotta be like, you know, cranked up to 11. So yeah, yeah, I think you're right. It's, it's definitely something that I feel like a lot of people go through. Yes. Um, and the, as, as in everything we're kind of talking about, it makes it a lot easier to know that you're not the only one going through this, that you are yeah. not the first person to have a baby while working. And, you know, it's, it's part of life. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so we had um, somebody else send in a direct message here. Um, this person says, I work for a small startup in a senior role, and I'm worried that my company will have a negative reaction to my pregnancy news due to the impact it could have on the aggressive growth targets we, we have right now. This person is 11 weeks pregnant. 
Um, I'm in the UK, so I'm planning on taking nine months maternity leave. Lucky. Um, do you have any tips on how to handle that kind of reaction? Yeah, I mean, I would say that's one of those situations where you probably want to have the conversation sooner just so you can really plan. Um, I was supposed to take on a, a really massive project uh, as I was nearing maternity leave, and I just had to have a very open and honest conversation with my manager. Um, I knew it wouldn't wrap up before I left. Um, so we just had to kind of talk through what would make the most sense. And um, what we did was bring in outside consulting help for the time that I'm away so that, you know, they can cover while I'm gone. I've worked on it until I leave. And then I they cover while I'm gone. And then when I come back, we can uh, kind of work together on that. So I think um, there's... It's tough because, you know, the, I always think about it in terms of I, I need my leave and I'm entitled to it and I will take it. But the company, to your point, also has these targets and it is a business and they need to run it effectively. So I'm hopeful that they will be very supportive of you. But I think collaborating with them and being a real team player on how do we make this work for the company and for you as the, the parent, I think it's just an open dialogue. But um, yeah, I don't know if that's helpful. It's a, that's a really tricky. One. <laughs> the way I always think about it is kind of similar. It's like, you know, if you were hit by a bus tomorrow, the company's not going to shut down and that's fine because it's a business and it's not your family. And it's, you know, it's, it's one of those things you could forgive them for, you know, still holding a board meeting the next day. So if that's the case and they could work around that, you have so much more notice to give them and so much more time to prepare it's not like they can't get along without you, you know, like there's, there's definitely ways to work within that. Um, and you're, I mean, it kind of goes back to the first answer, right? It really just tells you a lot about that company culture and whether they want to be supportive of their employees or whether they're maybe a little bit more focused on the bottom line instead of that. Yeah. Um, Rhea is, is chiming in in the chat saying, I remember having those feelings and going back before the minimum six weeks and immediately regretted it. Um, and I think, I feel like that's true, like, you know, whether it's your first child or multiples, it's, yeah. you know, it's a, it's a different ball of wax every time, right? Yeah. No, and I think the pressure we put on ourselves is more than, at least in my experience, more than the company will ever put on you. I think everyone I've worked with has been so wonderful and supportive and almost to a fault, like they're like, no, take your time. It's fine. I'm like, I want to get back into it. So I think, um, you know, you're kind of your own worst critic in that. And people understand, you know, this, this kind of stuff happens all the time. People take leaves, people take vacations. Um, and I think you just have to not to equate leave and vacation, by the way, but <laughs> there are it's not be exactly are. restful. Yeah, no, not at all. Um, but yeah, I think there, there can be that pressure, but a lot of times it's mostly you kind of in your head thinking, oh my God, the, everything's going to fall apart if I leave and what are people thinking and what are people saying? Um, and you just have to kind of reassure yourself that this is a really short blip. Most of us are at companies for many years. It's a few months. Everyone will be fine. <laughs> so I think it's good to kind of try to take that pressure off. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. So let's talk about like the actual planning phase. What are some of the best practices for creating a leave plan that is scalable, especially when it pertains to like the delegation of work? 
you've said that you know at a, a company you were at previously they brought in a consultant um but if that's not an option this can seem like a lot more uh kind of challenging uh to navigate so what is you you know what are some of the the best practices as far as you are concerned Sure. Yeah, I think I always start with kind of listing out um, everything I touch and work on, even if it's something where like, you know, once a quarter I'm doing something just so you know that everything will be covered if <laughs> you're not missing anything. Um, and then what I've done is I've kind of gone through and figured out what could I finish before I leave maybe are there things that you know, with a little extra effort, I don't have to put on someone else just because I know I am asking for a lot. Um, and then what are the things that might be able to wait until I get back? Um, cause I think there are also projects depending on your role, of course, but there are always things that may not need to get done in that time. Um, and then the remaining items, I kind of go through and come up with my best guess of who could support on it. Um, and then take that to my manager and review it together. Um, I think that's really important. I think you know, you need to show that you're thinking about it and being kind of proactive and uh, thoughtful about how the work will get done. Um, and then from there, I would recommend meeting with each of those people one-on-one. -on -one. Um, I do that a few times before I go on leave just so that I feel good, they feel good. You don't want anyone to feel like they're being saddled with all this work. I found that everyone is always really happy to help and I'm sure there are situations where people are not thrilled because <laughs> it is extra work. Um, so yeah, I would try to divide it up as much as possible. Of course, if you work for a small company, it's a little more challenging. I'm on a pretty small team, so um, it can be challenging, but I think, you know, do as much prep as you can, um, get everything transitioned in advance. I'm not due for another two weeks, but 90% of my stuff is transitioned and ready to go and documented. <laughs> so just try to make sure it's as, as organized as possible. Well, it's very kind of, of your, your coming uh, blessing to, you know, work with us on this schedule, because I know there's <laughs> certain other people that would have been like, well, um, things happen early. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so uh, again, as we keep going here, I want to make sure everybody feels like they can participate or they've got room to, to ask questions. So I'll hold a couple of seconds here in case you have a question you'd like to come off mute and ask Jessica or put into the group chat. Um, not seeing anybody jumping up and down and begging to be picked. So we'll keep moving, but please, please, please feel free to chime in whenever you'd like. Um, all right, this person had written in asking, how do I make sure I'm getting the most out of the time I'm entitled to without falling out of touch with office business decisions? And this is, I feel like a lot of these questions are very American sounding because <laughs> we, we have to deal with this nonsense, right? But we also, you're right, we very much internalize a lot of work stuff. And even though this is your family and like moments that you will never get back, it's still very, very, very hard to not keep thinking of what's going on at the office without you. Um, you know, FOMO is not just like parties and fun stuff. It's also like, well, what are they deciding on? So how, how do you kind of balance the two or at least like keep one from causing so much problems or guilt or whatever with the other? Yeah, I think um, I, have, on my last leave for the first couple, I mean, if this is your first child, just know the first couple of weeks are really hard. It's like, you don't shower, you don't eat. It's very difficult. So 
I think work may be the last thing from your mind. It may not though. Um, but very quickly, I found that, you know, you do have a lot of downtime and you are thinking about work and you are thinking, you know, you're looking at the calendar and realizing, oh, that's when this particular project was going to happen or, you know, you do care about your job. Um, so what I tried to do was let myself check email, check Slack. Um, occasionally, I tried to keep it within bounds because I knew if I jumped back in, like that's when people start asking you for stuff. So I didn't tell anyone I was checking email or Slack. <laughs> I didn't respond to anything, um, but it was kind of this like stealth mode, just keeping an eye on things. Um, and if something had come up, you know, people will call you if they really, really need you. I've seen it happen and it's fine. We sometimes have to jump in. Um, but I would say try to, you know, enjoy your leave, but know that you can still kind of stay in touch. Um, I also dialed into a couple of our all hands meetings. Um, we had acquired a company when I was out and someone gave me a heads up. There was going to be this big announcement. So I dialed into that. Um, so yeah, I think you can still kind of stay involved, especially if you have friends or people you're close with that you work to, I would like slack them and be like, Hey, what's the latest? <laughs> I think you can make it social too. You know, it's pretty isolating to be a new parent with a newborn that doesn't do anything all day. So feel free to get coffee with people or grab a quick chat. Um, I think it's good to kind of not walk in day one after leave and be blindsided about what happened for the past few months. So yeah, just don't tell anyone you're you're working. So, <laughs> so just out of curiosity, because I'm trying to do the timeline in my head, have you been remote prior to COVID then? Um, no. So I, uh, my son, I went back to work in um, what December, and then COVID was March. So I was back to work in person for three months, and then remote with no childcare for. <laughs> Oh, my, God. oh yeah. my goodness. Well, and that's the thing is, right. Is it like, you know, being during quarantine or during COVID, like uh, there are so many of us that are working remotely, which is a very, you know, it's a blessing to be able to do that as opposed to having to keep going back out, especially, you know, pre-vaccine and all this stuff. But you're right. It is very difficult to kind of unplug, even though it's nice to have that opportunity because, you know, it's not like you have to go duck in, you know, duck your head in and show off the baby and whatever. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's really easy to kind of like make it a slippery slope. So yeah, I think that's a, that's a good way to kind of um, keep those same ties. Now, when you were, um, before you left, did you like have a plan in place of like, Hey, if something huge happens, here's like the bat phone that you can reach me. Yeah. Yeah. I've always kind of been open to saying, you know, and it's the same again goes on when I go on vacation. It's like, I prefer to not talk to anyone while I'm out, but you know, if something's really wrong or you can't figure something out, like everyone has my cell phone number, um, text, call, whatever. Uh, so I think, you know, making sure that people feel like if there were some huge crisis, they can get in touch with you. And that might give you peace of mind too, of, you know, they're not just sitting there messing up a project you felt very passionately about or, you know, not involving you in something that you should be involved in. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, just making sure people know how they could reach you, but also making it clear that it's just for extreme circumstances. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, setting those boundaries and making them inescapable, inescapably clear. Yes. <laughs> 
All right, so let's talk about the return aspect. Um, this person says, I'll be returning to work next week after, I, after a three month return maternity leave. I'm honestly afraid I won't be able to catch up with everything that went on while I was away. Um, do you have any advice on how to make a successful return? Sure. Um, yeah, I think, you know, one of the things that I did um, was, and it sounds like you're going back pretty soon, but maybe you can still do this. Uh, before my official first day back, I spent half a day in the office again with COVID. This might need to be on Zoom, um, but I met with my manager. I grabbed coffee with a couple people. Um, it let me test out my commute, which I hadn't done since having a baby. Um, and it kind of put my mind at ease that like I, I could be back and kind of gather information on what I had missed without feeling like I needed to start working right away. Um, so I had done that a couple weeks before I went back um, and also uh, kind of came up with a plan of, um, you know, what my schedule would look like and was very clear about that, that I expected to leave at five o'clock every day. I wanted to see my son before he went to bed um, and made sure everyone knew it was in my calendar, <laughs> rearranged meetings. Um, and people are really respectful with that. I think that's another area where it feels really uncomfortable to be that person packing up when everyone else is starting meetings or, you know, they might have hours ahead of them. But um, I was kind of offline from five to seven every night. And then at seven o'clock, I knew I had to be back working if I had stuff to do. So I think just kind of, you know, setting the tone and um, being open with people about what you need. Um, and then I think also going back, you just have to know that it's you did miss a few months and <laughs> you're not going to get caught up day one, week one. Um, it does take time. And I remember I was just like crying every day and coming home and being like, I'm so stupid because I just felt so out of touch. Um, and it changes pretty quickly. You know, I think it's, it is a pretty decent chunk of time to be doing something so totally different. Um, and obviously when you start back up, you still have a baby that you're thinking about and sad about leaving and, um, having anxiety about whoever you left them with. <laughs> so it's, a it's a challenge. So I would just set expectations and take your time and, um, just really communicate what you want and need from your coworkers and your, uh, your employee or employer. Well, I mean, this is even completely, we're, we're completely glossing over the fact that like, there's hormonal changes. There's like, you know, all kinds of chemicals coursing through your body. Mom brain is absolutely real. Like yeah. a lot that, that coming back. Um, so did you find it best to like over-prepare both like on the planning side and then on the return side, or was it something where, you know, kind of less is more and trying to like micro plan just made more plans that didn't really ever work, but like you thought it would when you were planning pre-baby. Yeah, pre-baby, I would say like planning to leave, I overplanned, and I think that's probably the way to go. <laughs> Coming back, um, I kind of think of it like when people tell you if you're going through a breakup, like don't cut your hair and don't make major decisions. <laughs> like it's very similar. Um, I think you you kind of just have to take it day by day. I thought that I was going to be at, when my son was about two months old. He was a nightmare, and. <laughs> I wanted to like run back to work. And then by the time I actually went back when he was four months old, he was amazing. And I didn't want to leave him. I was like, oh, I'm going to quit. I can never work again. I, how am I going to leave him? And, you know, within a couple of days, you're like, oh, this is great. I have time for myself and 
I'm doing something I enjoy and I don't want to quit. So I think, you know, you don't know how you're going to feel. I think even with each child, I had a friend who rushed back after three weeks because she just didn't want to be home with the baby anymore, which is totally fine. Um, and now she's a stay at home mom to three kids and she loves it. So I think, you know, you can't really get in that headspace until you're there. So try to just have an open mind <laughs> and one day at a time. I would also say one of the things that's um, been great at VTS, we have a pretty solid group of new moms. Um, so we have a Slack channel and we sometimes like get coffee or lunch. Um, and it's been really helpful to have them share their experiences at our particular company. Cause I think it's different, you know, we're different companies may be a little bit different in how they react to people coming back. Um, so if you have someone you can talk to, if, even if they're not at your company, I think that's really helpful too. So that that first day back, you have someone to go cry to or <laughs> get some moral support. Um, so definitely try to find like a little community if you can. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, my, I'm, at the, I'm at the cusp of, of my friends starting to have babies and my husband and I are child-free by choice. And so one of the things that I'm learning is that it never looks the way you think it's going to. And you kind of have to be prepared for the sobbing of like, how am I going to leave this perfect little thing that I made as well as the sobbing of, I just want to talk to adults, but please don't judge me for that. And yeah. it's like, look, if you vacillate between the two 18 times a day, that's okay. Yeah. You made a person. Yes. You get pretty much carte blanche for the rest of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's a lot. And you're right. Like that's kind of like you said earlier, how like that's that self um, that self judgment that we put on on ourselves of like really worrying about how this is going to come off and not wanting to be perceived certain ways like that. I feel like that's, that's real in a lot of different areas and a lot of different facets of, you know, becoming a parent as well as just, you know, life in general. Yeah. So it, it's helpful to know that, you know, kind of you're the one giving this the most space in your head. Yeah. Probably not anybody else that's losing sleep over this. No, I think very few people expect you to be, you know, back day one and like no time has passed. I think, you know, they expect you to do your job because you're there to work, but I don't think anyone expects, you know, that you're not going to have a little bit of a ramp up period when you come back. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. So you talked a little bit about, um, you know, kind of childcare in the pandemic this person had asked, how can we cope with getting back to work while keeping a baby at home with no external help, especially if you don't have access to, you know, babysitting, nursery school, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that is ugh, <laughs> just hurts. It's so hard. Um, we, we went through that for, I think four months. Um, when the pandemic first started, we had no childcare. My husband and I both work pretty demanding full-time jobs. Um, so I'd be curious to know if that person wants to share more about their particular experiences. Cause I think it's different if, you know, you're a single parent, if you have a partner, um, I don't know if the, the childcare is by choice. So it's, it's a little tricky. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, what we did, if you do have a partner who also works, um, we just blocked off our calendars. So it, every night we would <laughs> sit before bed, go through our different meetings. And we each had time chunks of, okay, you have him from 10 to 12. I have 12 to two. <laughs> and you just literally have to block out your calendar. Um, and it's, I, 
there's no way to sugarcoat it. It was the hardest time of my life. The hardest thing I've ever done. I give all parents during the pandemic so much credit. Um, even with childcare now, my son goes to daycare. If he has a runny nose, he gets sent home. Um, if he coughs once, he gets sent home. So he's home a lot and we're still in that boat. Um, so I think it's, you know, one day at a time. Um, I would also encourage you if you can, I know every employee, every company is different, but VTS has been so great in normalizing having your kid show up on a call um, or, you know, be screaming in the background. Um, our CEO even will be on a call and he's like feeding his baby and like talking to his son. <laughs> and I just find it to be so refreshing because, you know, we all have lives, you know, Meg and I were talking earlier about our dogs barking in the back of calls. <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's messy and there are things that you need to do. And, um, so I would say, you know, if you can have your baby on a call with you, that's, that's great too. Um, I think it makes people, I think a lot of people assume it's going to make people think of you negatively. And I've experienced the total opposite. It's everyone's been so supportive and so kind. And now everyone knows my son because he's little chubby face has been on so many calls. <laughs> so I think, you know, if you can um, do that, time blocking is great. Uh, and then I also, my number one tip for any new parent is get your kid on a sleep schedule as quickly as possible. <laughs> it is game changing. Um, so I, you know, that really helps, especially, you know, if they're about three months old, you might have a better sense of, okay, they nap around this time. And so I can structure my day a little bit better. Um, but yeah, there is no, no easy solution for this current situation, but yeah, if you want to share more about your circumstances, I'm happy to talk more about it, whoever that was, but yeah, absolutely. I'm um, with you. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. And I love what you're saying about like it being kind of refreshing to see people on camera because like, you know, Powerfly has always been remote and distributed. So for the last two and a half years, I've been remote. So when the pandemic hit, it was not business as usual, but a little bit, it wasn't a huge shift for us, but yeah, it was really it's one of those things where when we were talking to other people who were moving to or shifting to remote for the first time, that was one of the things we talked about a lot where like, it's, you're not getting less professional. You're just getting a lot more real about who you are as a person and what you, you know, what your life is like. And it's given, you know, especially for managers, I think it's honestly been a boon because you, you get to see more of that, like, you know, what your, your employee's life is really like and what's going on and how you can support them. Because, you know, you might have somebody, especially when we're still in the office, you might have somebody that was up the entire night with a colicky baby and they come into work and you don't know any of that because there's not a baby in tow that you can see that is colicky. So, you know, it gives you more of an insight into what other people are going through. And that can lead to, to like conversations on how best to support those people as opposed to like what's going on, you know. Um, I'm in sharing with people your LinkedIn information in the thread. So in case people want to connect with you. Um, we did have a question that came in um, during the last one uh, uh, anonymously. So I want to go over that. Um, this person says USA or state parental leave doesn't cover your full salary while you're out for parental leave. How did you plan for the financial deficit while you would be out of, you know, out of work? Yeah, um, I have been incredibly lucky. Um, VTS covers full pay um, while we're on leave. So I 
very fortunately have not been in that situation. I wish no one was in that situation because it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, so I, I don't have firsthand experience. I think it's, it's something you just have to, I guess, figure out and plan for my, my sister actually went through that cause she was consulting and she went back, um, sooner than she would have liked to. And I think it's just really unfortunate. So I don't have any advice, but I, I'm really sorry that you have to even think about that. Yeah, it's absolutely abysmal. Um, I mean, it just from having sat in on a lot of these, and again, like, I think I've said this at least twice already, but like, I don't have kids, so I'm not going to try and pretend to know what it's like to be in the, in the shoes of a mom or a mom to be, uh, or parent to be, I should say. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's so disgusting that we have to worry about stuff like this. And yeah, it's, it's definitely something to consider, right? Because you have to try and figure out, you know, you're, you're not only like putting a hiatus on your work life, but like a whole lot of other things change, including the fact that you get a jobless roommate that's yeah. joining you that's not real considerate. <laughs> and there's just a lot going on, like a lot of moving parts. Um, so yeah, I agree with Jessica. Like, I'm so sorry that you're going through that. Um, but it's, it's just miserable. And yet another reason why mandatory or why a uh, universal parental leave should be a thing in this country. So yes. definitely something to talk to your representatives about. Um, all right. So Kate had asked a question in the chat saying um, she wants to know about transitioning from full to part-time. Uh, I'm running into some weird conversations with that within an agency environment. Do you have any uh, thoughts on this? Um, it's not something I've dealt with personally. So again, I encourage if anyone has, please chime in. <laughs> I'm sure you have some perspectives in the group as well. Um, but I, uh, it's something I had thought about briefly when I had that moment of panic with my son, <laughs> I didn't want to go back to work. Um, so what I had thought of doing was just trying to figure out, you know, what are my responsibilities and how would I contain those in a shorter work week? Um, so maybe that would be kind of a helpful way of framing it up because, I think if you just kind of go in open-ended of, I want to go from full-time to part-time, it puts the work on your manager or whoever to try to figure out how to make that work. Um, and if you have thoughts about what that could look like or what projects or how you can make it work, um, that that might be helpful. But yeah, I, I didn't yeah. end up doing that. I'm just running into, I'm a VP currently, and kind of it seems like they're thought being in a small agency is that it doesn't optically look good to have a VP be part-time. Mm -hmm. And so I'm kind of running into these conversations where I am perfectly capable of doing my job in three days versus five um, and kind of proving that out. Um, but having them kind of come at me with saying, well, maybe we'd change your job title or we do this or that. And then the job titles they're throwing out are like, much closer to entry level job titles. So yeah, step back for <laughs> might be a bigger culture thing for me of is this really where I should be? But um, just kind of struggling mm -hmm. with that a little bit of showing here's my value and I guess how can I see get you to see that? <laughs> and like I love where you're coming from with the idea of like, hey, let's try this out and see how it works. And yeah. again, personally, I haven't done this, but uh, a friend of mine had a coworker who actually was his boss, his supervisor went on maternity leave, they planned for how to do it. The, the understanding was that he would take over a lot of her, her responsibilities. And then when she came back, he would then relinquish those and get to go back to 
his like, you know, kind of normal, what he was hired for, that kind of thing. And that lasted all of four or five weeks, I think, until once she was back in the office and she'd been back for about a month, month and a half. Um, she was like, yeah, I don't want to do this. I don't, I want to go back to having more time with my kids. And so they ended up doing a whole switcheroo where he then became the head of the department and she kind of stepped back into what his role had been um, so that they could kind of tag team and have the benefit of her experience and expertise, but with somebody that was in the office full time. Um, and actually, if the, if the title is what's sticking with you, maybe that's a, a point of, you know, a, a point that you can um, kind of bargain, not the right word, negotiate for. Um, <laughs> You know, yeah, if you make yeah. some more suggestions or even just, tell, you know, kind of bring that up, be like, hey, what you're suggesting makes it sound like I'm an entry level person and I'm clearly not. <laughs> right. so, this makes my, me feel a little like, um, like, I know resumes aren't totally the biggest thing to care about. But, you know, if I'm going into my next job and it's like, I have to explain that I went from VP to entry because I had a kid, it just puts me in a, like a really awkward, weird position. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and I don't yeah. love that. Um, <laughs> That's why I say maybe it's a culture thing. Um, but yeah, we have also talked about like, maybe I just use some of my PTO time to like prove out that I could do it. Um, I don't know. I just, it's kind of a weird thing <laughs> an agency. It's not so structured. Yeah. You don't, you don't know what you're going to look like in six months, you know? So it's hard to, hard to plan out. <laughs> yeah. Sure. I would ask them to let you try it. I think, you know, putting bounds around it saying, let's do this for three months. I, you know, you seem like you are totally comfortable getting done what you need to in a limp, smaller amount of time. And I'm sure you will. So I think if you position it as, you know, we'll try this and here's what that looks like. Um, that might be the best way to approach it. Cause they may just be uncomfortable with it. I know a lot of agencies are the complete opposite of part-time. <laughs> um, so it may just be foreign to them. Uh, but yeah, I would definitely not give up your title and go to an entry-level one. That's well, and even like a flex situation, like yeah. three days a week for two weeks and then back in the office for five for a week or something like right. there's got to be a way to work it around. Yeah, no, that's helpful. I, I just know, you know, an agency you're, you're slammed and then you're not, and you're slammed and then you're not. And yeah. it just doesn't set me up to be like the mom I want to be. So I'm just trying to figure oh, yeah. out like, what do I care more about? And do I have to really pick one? You know, yeah. No, that's helpful. Well, though. Thank you. I mean, think about it this way. You know, when you get married or you have a baby, you, they, 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 it's well known enough that everything is going to kind of change for you that like, it's a qualified exception for like when you can make changes to things like your health insurance, that generally they are very firm on. So if, you know, if the idea that you would go off and have a baby and then like change your mind or think it was going to turn out a certain way and then it doesn't, and then things change, that's just life. That's what happens. And if they're not willing to work with you on that, then yeah, you're right. It might speak to a greater culture point, but it also might speak to, you know, presenting them with multiple options, what you're actually willing to do and then see where they can meet you halfway. And if they, you know, just because they say something first doesn't mean it's their final offer. So right. yeah. no, that's helpful. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So we have about 15 minutes left in today's chat. I again, want to encourage anybody else um, if they also have questions. We did get one more in the chat from Allie. Um, she's saying, I'm not sure, and I'm sorry, I'm assuming Allie's a girl. Um, not sure I will qualify for FMLA and I'm wondering how I'm gonna juggle twins and how many weeks minimum I'll need to take off to get my babies, because she's having twins, get them all set up and you know, kind of on the sleep schedule, all that kind of stuff. Um, in your experience, what have you found at minimum is kind of like bare bones required to get 
back on the horse as it were. Yeah, I would say um, my, the pediatrician, when I was kind of really struggling with my son said that everyone comes in at the one month visit and they're completely a mess, <laughs> like can't survive. And then by the two month visit, they come back and they're like, I feel so much better. I have a handle on this. Um, so that's kind of from her perspective, what she saw. And I, I felt very much the same way that um, by the end of the second month, I was feeling like, you know, we were kind of in more of a routine. He was sleeping more. Um, it just felt a little bit more manageable. I only had one child, so <laughs> I don't know how that works with twins. Um, but I would say probably, you know, six to eight weeks at a minimum to start, start feeling a little bit more functional. Um, I, I think most parents really need more like six months, but <laughs> that's not an option for almost all of us. Um, so yeah, I would kind of think at least six to eight weeks, um, to, to feel like you can get your feet back under you, get some rest and get into a routine. Okay. Um, so this person's saying, I just returned to work and I'm not feeling good about it. Everyone expects me to work as I did before, like long hours, last minute things. How can I explain that my priorities have changed, but that I will still get my work done? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think, again, it's being really uh, communicative about your schedule. Like I said, I block off um, the beginning of the day and the end of the day. That's my family time. My husband has the same thing blocked off. Um, and I've made it really clear to everyone, you know, this is the time when you cannot really reach me unless you absolutely need to. And sometimes that happens and that's fine too. And I think you have to show that you're willing to jump in sometimes during those hours so that, you know, you're not being so hard and fast, um, but make it really clear. You know, when I, I, what I told people and what I tell myself is when I'm at work, I am at work. I'm there to work. I'm not messing around. When I was going into the office, I wouldn't talk to people. <laughs> It was really bad, but I was like, I only have so much time and you have to be really critical with your time and not let, you know, you can't really go to a long lunch and take coffee and spend all this time socializing because you're there to work. And I think people saw that and appreciated that when I was in the office, I was fully present and fully functional. And then for brief times during the day, I was fully a mom and fully at home. Um, so I think it's, it's tricky because it sounds like the people you work with are making it a bit more challenging. Um, but I would just keep reiterating, you know, this is, this is my schedule. If I'm not delivering on something, let me know. But if you're getting your job done, they really have no reason to be critical of you. So in that same vein of having like kind of not a ton of support, this person wrote in saying, how can I nicely explain to my managers that maternity leave was not a vacation? I just got back to work and they're treating me as if I went to Disneyland and I actually have never been more tired in my life. So especially when maybe even if they're not supportive, they're just completely clueless. Um, how have you, did you have experience with this? And if so, how did you handle it? I didn't have experience with it with anyone at work, but I feel like personally people would make comments like that. Like, oh, you've just been off for four months. <laughs> it's like, no, I'm not. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think, you know, you're going to get the comments. I, when I read this question, my blood boiled a little bit because it's, 
so far from the truth. Like it is the hardest job you will ever do to be home with a newborn. And I think you just need to, it depends on your relationship with these people, obviously. But I think if you have a good relationship with them, just saying like, Hey, look, this was really hard. Like, you know, I didn't really have a lot of sleep. It was really difficult. Um, and you know, I don't really appreciate those comments or, you know, just trying to find a delicate way to let them know that you, you understand where they're coming from, but it's not really something you want to keep hearing. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, it. I feel like a lot of answering back with, oh my God, I wish it had been a vacation or yeah. I, you know, whatever would probably be up your alley. And honestly, I, when I read this, I kind of took it and it's obviously it's not the same, but I took it in kind of the same vein as a lot of questions we get on like microaggressions, especially yes. when it comes to things, you know, like race or sexual orientation, things that you, that are like intrinsic to you that you either cannot change about yourself or would not change if you could. And so I, the way I kind of thought about this was putting it back on the person and just saying like, you know, if you, if you need to diffuse it in the moment, I would, you know, kind of lead with either kindness or confusion is my favorite thing. Like, what do you think happens when I go on maternity leave and I come back <laughs> with a baby? Do you think that I like went to Disneyland to pick it up or something? Like, go, like it, it's, it's really up to your individual personality. But the other thing that I think is really helpful is understanding that it might be a situation where you need to talk to that person separately. Just say, Hey, I get that you're trying to like, you know, be funny or, you know, be lighthearted about this, but it's kind of getting annoying. Or I'd really rather you didn't talk about this like that because it's not really any of your business and I'm getting my work done. Um, I also think it's something that if you need to involve HR in it, like this is not, these are not comments that should be okay. It's also not the same thing at all, but like I, I went on, um, you know, I went from working full time to being freelance because I had a mental health crisis. And it was kind of astonishing the number of especially family members that were like, oh, it must be nice to be on vacation. It's like, yeah, it's great having to live up here all the time. It's awesome. But, you know, people don't know these things. And even if they should know these things, um, it, I get that that delicate balance of like your blood's boiling, but you can't really scream at the person the way you want to. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so we we are we've got about five minutes left in today's session, um, and I'm so sorry, everybody, we weren't able to get to all of the questions. Um, but I, before we jump here, I just want to take a couple more a couple uh, minutes to talk a little bit about um, a little bit more about VTS and kind of the company culture there, which I think Jessica's done a really great job so far of um, really you know getting us a good understanding of you know the support that she's gotten at VTS. Um, so let me see if I can get this loaded up for you. There we go. Um, okay, so we asked these questions to Jessica ahead of time, and these are some of the answers she gave us. Um, and you talk about the company culture as being very open and collaborative. Um, how did, um, is there anything else you'd like to add to that, or maybe like um, more details about like how that really worked in terms of your maternity leave, or do you think that this is kind of stand on its own? Yeah, I mean, I think everyone um, is very open. We've put a very strong emphasis on diversity and inclusion. Um, it's something we value a lot. Um, we bring in speakers about it. Uh, there's a lot of encouragement to be your own self. Um, and I remember um, when I started, I was interviewing some people to, for a role and HR had given me the advice to um, not look for culture fits, but look for culture ads. 
And that has stuck with me so much. And like, I tell everyone that now, I think it's wonderful because you don't want this homogenous culture. You want, you know, someone who's going to bring something new. And a lot of times that could be, you know, they're a parent or, you know, they come from a different place than most of us, or they have a unique perspective. Like, I think it's, um, it's something that we value a lot and it, it goes a long way. I absolutely love that. It's something we've been encouraging more and more is instead of looking for a culture fit, I love the idea of a culture ad. And when we're talking about it in terms of like job seekers, we tell them like, think about what you, what culture gaps that company or that team or whatever has, like, do they have anybody that comes from this subset? Even if it's not really anybody that's part of their, their client base, it's still important in how, how these programs and how, you know, how these services and products come together. Yeah. Um, so we talked a little bit about, you know, the people and the culture. Let's talk a little bit about your tips for someone who is interviewing. Um, yeah. I thought this was very interesting. Your, your response was interesting. Yeah, I think, you know, I I bring this to every interview I go to, or I haven't interviewed, I've been there for five years, so I haven't interviewed in a long time. But um, when I was interviewing, I tried to come at it with the perspective of, you know, if they don't value who I am and my perspective, then why would I want to work for this company? Um, I think, you know, unless you want to spend the next few years of your life hiding who you are while you work there, you need to really bring your true self to the table. And the reason I highlighted it at, um, at BTS specifically is because I know it's something that is valued. You know, I know there are questions from this group about how do I tell them that I'm pregnant? How do I talk about a long, you know, extended time away from work when I had my children? And I've found that to be very appreciated at our company. Um, I took three months off following my previous role to just travel and figure out what I wanted to do next. And um, they were cool with that. It wasn't this like, oh my God, you didn't work for three months, you know? Uh, so I think it's, it's important no matter where you're interviewing to really be yourself. Um, but I think at VTS, it's something that we actually, you know, we prefer and we think very highly of people who bring their true self to the table. That's so awesome. Um, all right. So in the last two minutes we've got, let's talk a little bit about some of the open roles that they have. Um, I am putting something in the chat right here. It's a link to a, um, a Google doc. It's a, I think it's Google spreadsheet or something. And it's got clickable links for all of these um, positions. So please, please feel free to check that out. Um, but Jessica, I'll turn the floor over to you about this. Yeah, so we are um, hiring aggressively. <laughs> We have an amazing recruiting team who has uh, their hands full with lots of open roles. Um, we are growing rapidly. Uh, we have offices all over the US, um, also an office in London. Uh, so a few open roles here, but I think Meg said there were 63 on our website. <laughs> There's probably even more that we haven't posted yet. Um, so feel free. I know Meg put my LinkedIn in the, um, in the chat. Feel free to reach out to me. I'm happy to connect you on any of these roles um, or kind of give you more insight about the company. Um, I, you know, it, it really is hard for me to hear some of these questions because I, I think it's terrible that people don't have paid leave or don't have support or don't have the, the kind of privilege that I do of working for a company that really has embraced me taking two <laughs> four month paternal parental leaves in uh, two years. It's, <laughs> it's a lot. And I, 
I feel very lucky. So um, that's why I, you know, I would love to connect with anyone about about VTS because I, I think it's a really supportive, warm environment. So uh, feel free to reach out if there's anything I can do to help. That's so awesome. Thank you so much, Jessica. Yeah. Um, I'll share that link again here in the chat. And then I did also grab real quick for y'all um, a link to a bunch of our past chats on parenthood, um, especially working parenthood. So ch definitely check that out. We've got a huge video library with all of our past chats on it, which used to be gated content. So please, please, please avail yourself of these resources, use them. We want to try and be there for you at every stage of your career um, and your life. So definitely please, um, you know, check those out and see if there might be something else there that resonates with you. Um, Jessica, I just want to say a huge thank you for coming on with us today. I know this has got to be, it's, you know, it's always a big deal to prep for one of these, especially if you haven't done it before. Um, but especially in your condition, um, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for, you know, making time for us and um, sharing your experience with, with the rest of our community. Thank you. Thank you so much. And again, don't hesitate to reach out. I think, you know, all of us as parents need support. So happy to connect with anyone if they'd like to chat more. Thank you for that. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, all right. And then obviously a huge thank you to our, um, our audience, everybody that tuned in here on YouTube or on our website or on Zoom. Thank you so much for joining us for this, um, for spending time with us. We, we love to see you. We this is my favorite part of my job. So thank you so much for making this chat so interactive and really personal. Um, that was wonderful. So I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your Monday. And I hope to see many more of you on chats uh, coming up. We've got a bunch of great stuff happening in the coming weeks, including we've got our next uh, mini summit is happening June 8th to the 11th. And it's all about pride at work. So definitely um, check that out if you are at all interested in or part of uh, supporting the LGBTQ plus community. Um, yeah, with that, I think we're good for the day. Bye, everybody. Thanks, Meg. Bye.